Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Well, thanks for listening in to Mortification of Spin today. My name is Todd Pruitt, and I'm joined, as always, uh, with Amy Bird and Carl Truman. Now, Amy and Carl are well-experienced in receiving lots of insults. They are routinely insulted, criticized, and I think probably rightly so in most cases. I've joined in on some of the criticism against my two co-hosts and have often wondered what the Mortification of Spin could be if it were simply a vehicle for me. However... As odd as it sounds, I've actually been insulted from time to time as well. And I know that sounds crazy. I know you're wondering how in the world could anybody think of anything negative to say about Todd, but it is true it has happened. But I would like to spend some time talking about some of the better insults that have been leveled against us, as well as maybe a few of the ones that have given us a little bit of joy along the way. How about this one? This one we just saw the other day, quote, And this is, I guess, I'm assuming it's mainly to Carl and Amy, not to me. But it says, your arrogance and elitism on this podcast was palpable. Now, that's a good line. Arrogance and elitism. I mean, when I think about that, I I mean, I think about you two. This was in reaction against our podcast on um, politics from a couple weeks ago, where we expressed some concerns about the evangelical fight for Roy Moore, and we expressed some dissent on that, and... And I knew we'd get some criticism, but arrogant and elitism was was one of those. Yeah. I I mean, I would like to make as a general observation, I would say I I, I think the quality of insults has declined since the advent of Twitter, in my experience. (laughs) I mean, I have a number of of rules that I apply when I get an insult. One of them is, you know, do I need to look any of the words up in a dictionary? Yes. If I have to use a dictionary, I kind of appreciate that insult because it shows that the person has... They put some thought and effort into it. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago being referred to in an email as a carpet-bagging elder boy. <laughs> and as a, I had to look up carpet-bagging in the dictionary. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, the guy doesn't like me, but he put a bit of effort into that. that, that sure. There was a certain mm-hmm. quality to the insult. Right. So, I, you know, arrogant and elitist, I feel there's a certain intellectual laziness. It's pretty pedestrian, isn't it? Insult. Carpet-bagging <laughs> elder boy. That's an insult worth getting, I think. It is. It's historically <laughs> my vocabulary. Carpetbagging is tied to a particular reference early in, in 19th century American history. Yeah. Elder boy, I think, is good because it, it that one feels kind of mean, but it's thoughtful. Yeah. Arrogance and elitism, you're right. I mean, that's just pretty – it's pretty lazy. And honestly, arrogant and elite, those are almost synonyms. So he could have just yeah. used one or the other. So the guy who's, I won't give his, his, his last name, but his first name was John. John, you need to go back to the drawing board, write us one that shows a little bit more effort. You can do this. A good thesaurus, indispensable for somebody wanting to really not only insult, but edify at the same time. Right, right. And I would just say, John, if if you want us to feel bad, you're going to have to do better than calling us arrogant and elite. Um, Amy, Amy obviously Mm -hmm. is no stranger at all to being criticized. Amy, I know that you have 
sent us a few of the uh, of the finer reviews of some of your books on, oh, on yeah. Amazon. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear a selection from one of those. Do you recall any of them offhand? Oh, um, well, there's, you know, my favorite, which was a one-star review from my first book, Housewife Theologian. Uh-huh. She says, if you think submission and subordination is the same thing, then this book is for you. <laughs> However, if you are a woman who thinks for herself and cares at all about your identity being more than Mrs. Whatever, do not read this hunk of crap. <laughs> yeah, I think Karen Pruitt should not have written that. that I know. I, I was very disappointed. That my wife usually does not employ the C word, but she did in that. Well, I was just thinking it would make a great, like, you know, front cover endorsement for my next book. You know, do not read this hunk of crap. I mean, and that make people buy it just out of pure rebellion. Exactly. Well, what I love, Amy, is that person has rightly identified you as a right wing misogynist. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that that's very appropriate. Yeah. I know. I don't have enemies on every side right. because. Well, but it's funny. My critical reviews usually are about that on Amazon. Uh, no Little Women, I, it was called Offensive and Erroneous. <laughs> I prefer the hunk of crap. I really yeah, do. Exactly. I think. Well, you're a narrow-minded, anti-woman fundamentalist. Um, we've known that from the start. And so, That's now, Car- me. Carl, you wrote a book that was universally loved a number of years ago <laughs> called Republicrat. Do you oh, remember, yeah. Yeah. remember any of the specific criticisms you took for that one? I do. I have, in fact, I engaged in a little bit of email back and forth with a, a gentleman, and I'm using the word in the loosest possible sense of the term there, with a gentleman who wrote to me to tell me that he thought that I was a communist scumbag. Um, and the, the way I responded was I said, you know, you're, you're right. You've blown my cover on this one. Um, I am a communist scumbag. And he seemed to have a little difficulty coping with that. <laughs> so he then left a message on our church website about how I think it was something to the effect of Christ will not return until the seas run red with the blood of the communists or something like this. <laughs> I was left thinking, that's pretty cool. And the, the, the vocabulary, I didn't need to look anything up in the dictionary, but yeah. there was that feeling of, you know, Ezekiel-type prophecy here. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was channeling the spirit of Ezekiel. Yeah. Now, um, was that Jerry Falwell Jr.? That I, I, I do remember the gen- – <laughs> I always remember the names of these people, yeah. but I, I won't give them away. And the other one I got was around about that time, I did a what I thought was a fairly innocuous post saying that not all women were necessarily called to homeschool their children. And somebody who signed herself simply as Mother Bear – <laughs> sent me this scary. email and told me the town she lived in, in, I think it was in the Midwest or somewhere around the West, if I dared show my face in this place, that she and the other she-bears would tear me limb from limb. Ed <laughs> <laughs> Euripides backy, I know how these things end. I do not want to be torn limb from limb. So there is one town out West that I have struck off my list of where I would go. <laughs> you put effort into that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, actual threats no, get, of physical violence. I mean, you know, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So I'm often called a feminist. Right. Well, now, I mean, what I found is that in certain reformed-ish circles, simply to disagree or express some some hesitation over, for instance, Doug Wilson, gets you labeled a feminist at that point. Right. 
Right. But, you know, um, one man decided to expand on that insult and call mm. me part of the feminist outrage machine. Whoa. Yeah, and that I am a danger to the OPC. You're a danger to the OPC because you're yeah. a part of the feminist outrage machine. Now, right. that's the. Okay, so that's the FOM that I've been hearing about so yeah. much. So, yeah, so he really built on that insult. <laughs> and I, I have to say that it is kind of a compliment to me to be considered dangerous. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. Okay, so we've got feminist outrage machine. We've got threats to tear Carl limb from limb. Carl, one of the great insulters in Western history, wouldn't you say, would be Martin Luther? Yes. Oh, yeah. In fact, there's that funny, uh, the Luther insult generator you can find online where somebody's <laughs> yeah. asking recently, what would it be like if Luther had a Twitter account? I said, go to the Luther insult generator. <laughs> there you can see in 140 characters what, what it would be like. Can you recall a specific really good one? Um, I'm trying to th- oh, gosh, you put me on the spot now. <laughs> Some of the things there he said the- to Erasmus. Oh, it says plenty of things to Erasmus. Mm-hmm. Um, it is amazing, Erasmus, that one who has studied the Bible so deeply could be so utterly ignorant, would be <laughs> one. Usually dung or vomit featured right. in a lot of ways. <laughs> he was a bodily function man when it came to itself. Yeah. It was all that German food. Yeah, it didn't use the word carpetbagger. That's a post-Luther. Right. It is. That right, is. right. Um, and he would have nicknames for uh, his opponents as well. Yeah. The goat of Leipzig and things like this. So he was, a, yeah, he was a very brutal polemicist. Right. Do you think that the peculiarities of the German diet at that point played any role in in Luther's choices of bodily functions in in reference to his insults? Well, Luther did struggle terribly with constipation, right, and hemorrhoids, uh-huh. and so it's not surprising that you know his rear end. Mm-hmm. Figures largely in a lot of what he, he said. And, and that's not a facetious comment. I'm thinking right. his mind was on his bowels a lot of the time. Yeah, well, so. so what are the excuse for, for guys today? Because, come on, guys <laughs> think that, you know, potty mouth humor is the that's funniest true, thing. True. Ever. I mean, and we have fiber today. We have things that, that Luther didn't have. <laughs> I, I seriously think the Internet allows for this because you have these tough guys shooting off on the internet yes. or sending emails would they knock on your door look you in the eye and say it right. i've tried increasingly over the years to apply the rule to myself look if i'm going to say this in print would i say it over the phone or would i say it eye to eye have i always followed my own rule probably not but i think it's not a bad rule right. to think that if i haven't got the guts to say this standing toe to toe with the person I probably shouldn't say it on the internet right. about it. And thank you for kind of turning it into a serious direction there, because that was where I wanted to kind of go with this, is to say that very thing, that the rise of social media has coarsened us to an extent that we now will say things through our fingers from a distance that we would never say to someone with the actual yeah. words from our mouth. We would not do it. And part of the reason why we would not do it you know, maybe some of it is just fear and insecurity, but some of it is also when it comes to having to have words pass our lips to the face of someone, yeah. sometimes things like decency take over and they properly restrain some of those things. When you're before a keyboard, we oftentimes don't feel that restraining force and we say things that we shouldn't say. And I think that's a factor with Luther as well, because with Luther, you have the printing press, you have the pamphlets, the development of pamphlets, which, if you like, are the equivalent of blogs 
in the mm-hmm. 16th century. And Luther is able to say things in pamphlets that, you know, would he have said to people face to face? Well, actually, we know that he probably would have done because, mm-hmm. you know, when he did face people, he had a piece of them. Right. But, you know, in the 16th century, you get the emergence of the ability to be very insulting without really taking any personal risk right. whatsoever. I always remember a line in George Orwell where Orwell meets somebody that he'd polemicized against. And this person comments to Orwell how decently he treated him face to face. And Orwell made the comment, well, now I've looked into your eyes and I see that you're a man like I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key thing. You know, I'm thinking with Amy, with her getting all these tough guys who have a popular yeah. on the internet. You know, why don't they call a husband up? Right. Give Matt a call. Right. And tell Matt what they're saying about her online. Mm-hmm. Let's see. You know what her husband. They're so into right. male headship. Exactly. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Why don't they give Matt a call or call around and see him? Yeah. Tell him what they've been saying about his wife online. You know, right. if they're that tough, shouldn't mm-hmm. be a problem. If mm-hmm. the criticisms right. are correct shouldn't be a problem. Right. I've had the very same thing. And, you know, Amy, as you've been savaged by some guys, unfortunately, some men, office holders in your denomination who have put in print on social media, some things that you know very inappropriate about you. I've thought, you know, I guarantee not a single one of those guys would walk to your house and say, not only not to your husband, they probably wouldn't say it to you either. Because in that moment, maybe not all of them, But in that moment, even some of those guys might be ashamed to actually say it out loud to you. But they become very, very strong and brave behind the the keyboard. Yeah. And I mean, it shows a cowardliness, but it it also kind of what Carl was teasing about earlier does show a laziness Mm -hmm. in really making us do the work and thinking about the content of what people are saying. Right. And really engaging with that in disagreement, if you disagree, you know. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think it's worth qualifying this point to say, you know, certainly what I'm not saying is nobody should be criticized. You know, you get this right. namby-pamby trotting out of Matthew 18 all the right. time. Oh, well, if you disagreed with that public statement that X made, you have to speak to them privately before you can right. make a public criticism. Not at all. Absolutely. Somebody makes a public statement, it's fair game for public criticism. We're not mm-hmm. talking about private sin here. We're talking right. about public statement. What we're talking about is the nature of the criticism that is made. And when it just descends into ad hominem, and often obscene right. insults. In name-calling, like, I've had to say to, to elders before on social media, you are an elder mm-hmm. in a Reformed denomination, and I'm just asking you, instead of calling me names, engage with the content of my right. writing. Right. Go just, ahead just, and disagree just, with me. Yeah, disagree you know? with my writing, disagree with my opinion. That's fine. Right. Uh, but we're, that. Exactly. And continuing in this serious vein, last spring, I found myself cast as a racist because I offered a public response, a public pushback against a publicly posted podcast where, among other things, the ordination standards of my denomination were mocked with vulgarity. And also in that podcast was a statement that the only reason black men marry white women is to gain access to influence. So I offer a very brief but public rebuttal of that, expressing my concern, and all heck breaks loose. I'm classified from that point on as a racist. I didn't say a single thing about race in my pushback. 
But because I disagreed with three women who happened to be black, I was, they've got the file on me now. And now that's the narrative. And I think it goes to the point that arguments are incorrect because they are intrinsically incorrect. Mm -hmm. They are not incorrect because they're put forward by an idiot. An idiot can put forward a correct argument. Just dismissing him as an idiot doesn't necessarily address the argument in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. I think it's Federalist Paper Number 1. Ha, ha, ha. Just shoving to you Americans. I think (laughs) in Federalist Number 1, I think it's Alexander Hamilton makes the point. Something to the effect of, you know, okay, if you don't agree with me, don't bash me. Mm-hmm. Show me where my arguments are wrong. Right. I mean, I, right. I, I'm an academic. I have no vested interest in holding an incorrect opinion on anything. Mm-hmm. The arguments I've put forward over the years, I think, are correct and lead to a correct conclusion. Mm-hmm. If you don't think they're correct, then demonstrate to me why they are not and help me improve. Right. Or send me an insult that requires me to use the dictionary and mm-hmm. therefore get it. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. You know, one last thing. It was really interesting when uh, over the furor, over the fact that I offered a public uh, dissent from that podcast last spring, a teaching elder in the PCA just a couple days later wrote this piece just savaging me on his blog. And then it got distributed for people to sign. And there was a whole bunch of TEs in the PCA that signed it. Just this real strong piece condemning me. And what was interesting is that two of the signatories I spoke to personally. I spoke to two of the signatories on that thing. And they both admitted to me privately that they had not listened to the podcast that I criticized. Mm. You know, but fact was, the fact was, is that they felt like they needed to affix their name on something condemning me wow but they both admitted to me in private that they had not listened to the podcast that i offered the criticism of so you know again if you're going to criticize somebody be informed too. know Mm -hmm. what's actually been said or what's been written and then offer an informed criticism listen we host a podcast called mortification of spin part of what we do is to offer dissent from opinions that are oftentimes popular in broader evangelicalism so we know that we're going to get disagreed with. We know that sometimes our opinion is going to be in the minority. We don't mind being disagreed with. Mm-hmm. What's ridiculous is the ad hominem attack and the ignorant criticism. Criticize me for saying something stupid. I understand that. <laughs> I'll say, I'll, I will say something stupid at some point. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. That's a nicely understated there, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> that was a softball. I didn't even want to say anything. <laughs> I know I tossed that up, and you know, to Amy's credit, this is what makes Amy Bird a superior human being to Carl Truman. I tossed that softball that right up. attack coming. A- okay, a- a- Amy's an athlete. She knows what that's all about. I tossed this softball up, and she just let it go by, but not Carl. <laughs> hey, I'm still furious that my solo career hasn't taken off and I'm having to hang around with you two losers. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Carl Truman Ministries International to get launched. As, uh... <laughs> hey, well, thanks very much for joining us today on Mortification of Spin. couple of thoughts to end. If you have any criticisms of this particular program, as I said earlier on, use a thesaurus. Don't just criticize edify 
If you will go to our website, mortificationofspin.org, we have a giveaway. We're giving away hunks of excrement uh, this week. I'm going to the C word, just in case we've already lost too many donors as a result of that. We're giving away hunks of excrement this week. Amy Bird's housewife theologian, the original hunk of excrement being given away. So enter for a chance to, to win that. And if you do win it, please go straight to Amazon. Get hold of that thesaurus and put up some cracking one-star review that we can uh, uh, all enjoy. Um, while you're at uh, the website, please feel free to make a donation. I believe Bob Brady says if uh, if we can raise enough money, he'll actually fire us. So if you want to get us off the air, uh, please make a donation to Mortification Spin. In the meantime, we look forward to being with you next week. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... Somebody goes by the rather grand title of the Chancellor's Professor of Historical Theology. Especially busy moms, and uh, you have five children. How can investing in a study like this really engage with our everyday personal lives? An historic confession of faith is not only not unbiblical, it's actually the safest way to be biblical. How would you explain that to them? That interview is next time. Join us then.